Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 459. My name is Adam Patterson. With me today we've got Kevin Rakestraw. Hey, Kevin. Hey, how's it going? Uh, it's going all right. It's going all right. Busy. Very, 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 very busy. Correct. This week on the show, we're going to be reviewing Halloween Ends, which is out now in theaters and on Peacock. Peacock. Uh-huh. We'll also be going over what we've been watching on the watch list and new releases in theaters, VOD, and Blu-ray. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Please remember to review us on iTunes if you get a moment. That'd be great. Uh, new Save by the 90s is going to be recorded this week and should be coming out closer to closer to Halloween, but I'm very excited to record it. We're, we're Again, we're talking about Stephen King movies. Yes this month and uh yeah it's been a blast watching these so stay tuned for that let's talk about halloween ends so uh, i have a synopsis here the saga of michael myers and laurie strode comes to a spine chilling climax in this final installment of this trilogy this final installment of this trilogy Mm -hmm. this is directed by david gordon green surprisingly Mm-hmm. Surprisingly directed by David Gordon Green. Uh, I think the other thing that's just as surprising is not only is he the director, but him and Danny McBride are the half of the writing team, mm-hmm. which just feels like not true. It it doesn't. Uh, in fact, everything about this movie feels not true. It doesn't feel like it's a real movie. It doesn't feel like it should have. It doesn't seem like it's done. Like, I feel uh, there's something, something happened, I feel like, behind the scenes with this movie to make it the way it is. Like, I don't know if they were trying to, if they thought it would be fun to, like, experiment a little bit with the the third entry. Like, you know, Halloween 3, the original one, it doesn't even have Michael Myers in it. It's a completely different story. And they were going to, they were going to turn Halloween into, like, an anthology series back in the day. And that's why the third one doesn't have anything to do with Michael Myers, but it was a colossal failure. Even though the movie itself is actually quite good. I think people were expecting Michael Myers and this movie in its final act seems to take a very harsh turn and not really be about what you think it's going to be about at all. And Mm -hmm. I'm not going to mince words here, Kevin, this movie was an absolute disaster through and through I hated every second of it I hated my time watching it I was offended as a Halloween fan it's awful it is just just plain awful it's boring yeah yeah it's overly long you barely get to see Michael Myers the kills like there's some creative kills in it but for the most part like they're pretty they're pretty bland and lackluster too like they're nothing to write home about. No, no, not at all. And comparing not this to Halloween Kills, like that one at least had energy. Like I didn't like it, but at least it was like it had energy to it. This movie's just a wet noodle through and through. Yeah, which I think was like one of the like I we talked a little bit, you know, last night when you were watching this. I think it was last night, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I, I had already watched it. You were watching it, and you were in the throes 
of watching it, which maybe not the right vocabulary because that <laughs> that makes it sound like it has energy, which I agree with you. It really doesn't, yeah. truly doesn't. But I just told you that I'm just I'm confused by this movie. I am now retroactively confused about the entire trilogy, and I like I don't I don't know what this is or what happened. All all of these movies, they just I'm just so confused. So much so that this movie is so bad that my like first first thought, like out the gate, as soon as the the credits rolled on this one, I just thought, well, maybe Halloween Kills wasn't that bad, maybe. But I think that's just in in comparison. Yeah, in, it's like in comparison. Hall- yeah, if it's in comparison, you're like, oh, man, Halloween Kills is actually not bad. It's a because decent movie. the thing is, uh, sorry to interrupt. The thing is, like, Halloween Kills at least had fun Michael Myers slasher moments. Like the, you know, the scene when th- that one great scene when he's attacking the people in the car and they're like, yeah, they end up like killing themselves. And, like, yes, there, there's certain there's moments to that movie where you're. Just, it's just fun. Like it. Yeah, it seems to know what it is. It seems to know what it's going for. And while I think that compared to the the first entry of the this series, it doesn't. It's not nearly as good. There were certainly moments. Whereas with Halloween ends. It's like a boring slog from the very beginning. Like, it focuses on some dumb kid who nobody cares about. Wait, you don't care about Corey? Corey Cunningham? No, I don't care about Corey Cunningham. Fuck that kid. I don't, I just don't give a shit about it. I understand it. Like, I don't know if they're trying to set up a franchise here or something. He he fucked that kid up. I mean, I will say. That scene, that scene was kind of shocking, but like, what are they doing? Like this movie, it was so messy. It was like, what is the point? Where are we going here? The pacing was way off thing. Some things felt so rushed, whereas other things felt like it was a giant waste of time. Like the constant flashbacks and like recaps. Like, mm-hmm. we don't need that. We don't need those little flashing montage things. And there's like three of them or, or something in this, at least two. Too many. Whatever the number was. It we was don't too need many. that. Yeah. We don't need Corey. We don't need Corey Cunningham. I, I feel like this is an examination in how to run a franchise into the ground. Like, I, I, I can't think of any other way to put it. Like, there's one big fight with Michael Myers between Laurie and Michael. And you see it in the goddamn trailer of the movie. They released a trailer I don't know when they were starting to hype this up. And the trailer was basically an one scene of the movie. And when you see it, you're thinking, "Oh, well that's going to be like one of the many encounters they have because it's the final showdown." But no. Like what you see in the trailer is that's it. And obviously that- there's more to it that extends past what you see in the trailer. Well, that was going to be, that was going to be one of my questions because obviously you've seen the trailer. Now I never saw the trailer. Um, I didn't even know this movie was coming out, honestly. But my question to you is, is did the trailer, I mean, hint towards anything about this being 
the Corey Cunningham nope. story. Not, not, not even in the slightest. Wow. At least okay. not none of the trailers that I saw. I, I, I stopped. I don't think I watched. I think I did see one other trailer after that one that was like the, the one scene that was released. But uh, okay. yeah, they don't, uh, they don't really. I mean, if I went back and watched it now, maybe some of the stuff would be there because now, now you have context. Yeah, you have the hints. You'd be like, ah, this movie's fucking all about Corey Cunningham in the forefront. And it, it almost, you know, it, it almost felt like to me was the the Game of Thrones finale. That, that's what this movie felt like, where it wow. seemed like everybody involved was contractually obligated to make this movie and they just wanted to get it over with as quickly as possible. Which maybe that is something that's behind the scenes because maybe you do have like Jimmy Lee Curtis, you know, Andy Makachak and Will Patton and everyone where they're just like, we really don't want to do this. So they bring in Rohan Campbell as Corey Cunningham and like, well, this guy will go for it because we'll give him the opportunity. Everyone else is phoning it in because they just want to move on with their lives. So we'll get we'll create Corey Cunningham, and and we'll like thing. what they did with the characters, what they did with Laurie and Allison, and more like what they didn't do with the Will Patton character Frank because he was basically non-existent in this. Yeah, he was a tool. Um, it was not, and, and what they did with Michael Myers, like he lives in, in the sewer now. Incomprehensible what they did with these characters, like the arc that that occurred here with them it's just like what how does this make any sense whatsoever now there's two things here or i should say the, the issue that i have with this movie and with the halloween kills because i think i get the sense that they're trying to do something like in halloween kills they did you know where the entire town of haddonsfield is trying to rid themselves of Michael Myers and you know, the whole evil dies tonight where yeah. they kept hammering that home, hammering that shit home. And, you know, it was really of the time, which is obviously going to age poorly, I think, because mm-hmm. it wasn't great at the time, but you, you get a sense of what they're going for is like, Oh, they're, they themselves, the town is becoming a monster. Obviously they're doing that whole shtick. But the problem is, is that Michael Myers is an indestructible being that is killing everyone in the town. So it's like, yeah, no, they're responding pretty much how you should probably respond. Like at this point, the dude won't die and he's killing everyone for no reason. He's just murdering everyone. So yeah, it makes sense that the town, like they need to become monsters because they need to kill the dude. Now in this movie, there's one tiny bit of dialogue where you're like okay I guess that's what this movie's about when Corey's talking to Laurie Strode and I can't remember if she's the freak show or the the psycho or whatever and she's like or he's like um you're you know you you always want Michael Myers to come back which is kind of I think like kind of like the dig at the audience like "Ah, Michael Myers isn't here and look at you freaks you want Michael Myers so bad but it's like yeah I'm sorry, but that's the movie. I'm not here for Corey Cunningham. I don't give a shit about Corey Cunningham. I don't know who the fuck Corey Cunningham is. I don't care. And I, it's a movie. Yeah, and I just don't care about him being terrorized by band kids. Like I just yeah. And don't just, don't get me started on the band kid shit. Just like, that is the most ridiculous 
bully foursome I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> the kid with the fucking mullet that's a drummer and band. Are you serious? <laughs> that's the one that's like, hey, I'm gonna fuck you up. Get the fuck out of here. And the, and the 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 band kids. This town must be so small that the band kids just keep they just keep running into him like over and over and over again. It's it's incredible. Are band, band, are band kids that bad? Is that so, something that's changed in? <laughs> high school the band kids are you know yeah nowadays it's the band kids who are the bullies <laughs> yeah band kids are the, they're the they're the gangs Fucking yeah, it's just bullies. a weird ass movie man like it's a it's a movie that i feel like like i don't know if maybe it went through too many script revisions or something too many too many cooks or something something's something happened with this because like it is way off from the other yeah. two Oh, the other two entries. Another, another thing that gets me that I mean, this is this is classic Kevin, but that Laurie Strode, Jamie Lee Curtis voiceover. Oh God! Right in your fucking boat. Get the fuck. Mm. God. And the, like that mixed with what happens at the end, what they do at the end, it's just so. It's it's so serious and so full of itself. Like th- this movie's way too earnest. Like, like, get off of it. You're a Halloween movie. That's what I mean. That's what I mean when it's like, you know, evil dies tonight. Yeah, the dude's been killing, like, every single person in this town for, God, decades. And no one's doing anything. Like, yeah, maybe the town does need to kill. They need to come together and kill them. They're not monsters. Dude needs to be killed. Yeah. Dude needs to get, get got. Exactly. Uh, Yeah, and, uh, so... Yeah. The- that's really all I have to say. It was an it was just a complete shit show. I wasn't expecting much. As I said, no. not a fan of Halloween Kills. I was hugely disappointed with that one because I did have very high expectations with that one. And I and I was I left the theater being very underwhelmed. This one is a whole other level like of and I, I, Well, that's part of it though. That's part of it, right? Because you have Halloween Kills was so bad, and it was disappointing because you're kind of coming off of the first Halloween. We were like, "Oh, this could go, this could go places potentially." Halloween Kills really disappointing, which essentially just snuffed out all your expectations. Mm-hmm. So there's actually like a dark horse here going into Halloween Kills, where you're like, "You know what? My expectations have been just been completely snuffed out." You know? Yeah, I, I got nothing for this. I'm not expecting anything. And it could have surprised you, but it actually did surprise you because it was even worse than you could have ever thought. <laughs> it, was, it was like so much worse. I mean, this this was like, I, even though I had very low expectations, I at least thought, okay, well, it's a Halloween movie. So at least there's there's that. Like, it should have a, a nice atmosphere. I like the Laurie Strode character. So at the very least, we'll be able to see her doing some cool, you know, stuff. But yeah. Nope. Nope. You you don't you don't see it. I mean, you saw it in the I trailer. Mean, I, what the extent of it you see in the trailer? I will say that at least Jamie Lee Curtis is doing something in this movie besides laying in a hospital bed for the entirety of its runtime. <laughs> yeah. Right. At least there's that. I was at least trying to bake pies and write a book. I will say that there's some there's some cool cinematography in this. I'll give them that. They they do some cool like framing and there's some some cool angles and stuff and ah uh, they don't. I'm gonna disagree with you there. This is just this is boring in all aspects. Yeah, 
I mean, it's boring visually. It's boring narratively. Yeah, the music's I, great, but it's know. the same. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I don't think that they use like a new score or anything. No, that's why it's good. <laughs> they didn't try and do anything. It's just this. It's good carpenter, you know. Yeah. All right, let's go ahead and give this 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 nightmare of a movie. You know, we, we're just coming off of the Hellraiser reboot, too. And, like, this mm. makes that movie look like one of the best horror movies of the year or something. I mean. Yeah, this is. I would I would rewatch 2022's Hellraiser any day over this. Because not, not only did it ruin a franchise, but it's bad. It's just a bad movie. Like, yeah, like eliminating any kind of fandom I have for Halloween. It's just yeah, it's I'm just a, a shitty movie. I'm not even a big Halloween guy. Like I I like the first Halloween, but so much of that is because of the music. Like if you right. take the music out of the first Halloween, I'd probably be like, eh, there's better slashers out there. Yeah. Especially first per you know, with that sporadic first person. Mm-hmm. Black Christmas. Black Christmas is, you know, fifty times better than Halloween. Give me a break. Yeah, I love Black it's Christmas. That music. That, it's that music, you know. It's just that, I, yeah. I think it's it's just the it's the music, it's but, it's, but it's also just like the carpenter, just the carpenter yeah, it's vibe. Halloween. It's it's Halloween though, you know that too. Like you, it it gets that. It's what you want around Halloween time. Yeah, and I, and I think that there's like a certain amount of nostalgia too with the original one, like. Just, just the fact that it's like an older movie that it takes place in, around Halloween, and it just it has that kind of nostalgic vibe to it, you know, some like similar to like what like Poltergeist or any of these other older movies like that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's go ahead and give this shit show a score. Man, I'm at like a one on this one. Yeah. It's garbage. Right it's absolute garbage. I just, I just, oh, it angers me. I'm angry at this movie. It's I, uh, yeah. I also kind of find it like I've seen some people. They were like, I like this, and it's just it's kind of confusing to me, or and funny in a way too, to be like the Peacock movie, <laughs> the Peacock movie. I don't know. There's just something about like people being excited. For a movie coming, it's like the Peacock. It's going to be on Peacock. Yes, Peacock. Oh, that, that, it's it's I, it's all of it's all of the people that that pay monthly for Peacock. It's just like the, finally, it's the copium. <laughs> it's the copium that they're that they're experiencing Peacock, where they're like, finally. I knew it. I knew that it was worth it at some point. Halloween ends. Here we go. <sighs> oh God! All right, let's move on and talk about some of what we've been watching. I really haven't had any. Uh, anything major this week just because uh, I'm, I'm still in the process of moving and stuff. But I did, I did see a couple of things. I'll start with uh, 3,000 Years of Longing. This is uh, the one uh, directed by George Miller. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tilda Swinton, Idris Elba. Idris Elba plays I, a djinn. And I forgot that this came out this year. Tilda Swinton plays a a, a scholar who ends up she she's like uh, doing like a, a lecture in Istanbul, and she ends up finding this uh, this 
bottle and wouldn't you know it there's a gin in it and he it grants her three wishes but this movie is i liked it quite a bit actually visually it's stunning i mean it's george miller who i think has a, a really great eye for the lens his his cinematography is quite good and also i think that george miller is a really great world builder i think that he's a great storyteller and this movie is all about storytelling. It's all about experiencing stories. And that's sort of what Tilda Swinton's character does is that she collects stories and she retells them and she, you know, hosts lectures about stories. Um, and th- so the bulk of this movie is her and Idris Elba in a hotel room and he's sort of telling her his story and like how he got trapped in the bottle and all of that stuff. And the, uh, the thousands, the 3000 years that he has been trapped. So it's, uh, it's quite good. I would definitely recommend it. It's not amazing or anything didn't, didn't blow my mind, but it was, uh, it was very charming. It was a, it was a love story in a lot of ways. And I thought that it was just very sweet and, uh, definitely I would recommend it. 3,000 Years of Longing. This is on VOD right now, so you can give it a rent. Oh, nice. Yeah, and I would say it's worth a rental. Okay. All right. Well, the two things that I watch are on Tubi. Ooh. Starting to realize that my mom was... She's on to something. She was ahead of the curve on <laughs> yeah, the dude. Tube again. Uh, yeah. Uh, just before it's you get into stuff. that, I've I've been watching Freddy's Nightmares, which is the Nightmare on Elm Street TV series. That came out in the eighties, and the, they have the whole, the whole series on Tubi. God damn it, dude! Tubi's got fucking everything. It's insane. I love it. The first thing that I watch is The Church from nineteen eighty nine. This is uh, Michelle Soy. Oh man, Michelle Soyve. It's an Italian movie. This is a one of those Dargerio Argento pre- presents. Ah, okay. So this has Asia Argento in here but man this is pretty fucking good it starts off uh like medieval europe you got the teutonic knights and they're just they're massacring this entire village they're suspected devil worshipers just murdering everyone in sight all the animals all the children everyone they murder everyone throw them in one giant grave cover it up and they decide to build a large gothic church on top of it to kind of like seal the evil in, right? And the the architect that built the church, uh, he did so in a way that it has this contraption that will, if if at any point in time the evil attempts to come out, the church will lock itself up. It has a mechanism to lock itself up to keep the evil contained. And then if you have to, there's a a, a point in the church that all you have to do is touch a certain area and the whole thing will just collapse in on itself to protect everyone else. And it's weird and it's incredible because of the setting. I mean, it's this massive church. I mean, it's just an incredible setting. And there's a guy that jackhammers himself because a couple of people get, uh, get kind of <laughs> possessed by the evil there. Um, the devil does show up at one point and he, he gets laid immediately. Naturally. And yeah, he's and uh, the the effects work on the devil. Pretty good. Pretty good costume. 
just, I mean, the type of thing, uh, you know, when I was talking about, um, what was the Carpenter movie? Prince of Darkness? Mm-hmm. I think it was, it's kind of in that vein. If that's something that's up your alley, this movie is going to hit all those points for you. And it's just, it's so good. I just had a great time with this. It's a very Dark Souls type feeling. Yes. Movie. Nice. Yeah. It's good. It's yeah. good stuff. I already added this to my watch list. So that this, this is a must for me. Uh, I saw Old Man. This is the new one from Lucky McKee. I like Lucky McKee as a director, but, or at least I want to like him. Like he's really, he's, he seems to be really hit or miss for me, honestly. But this one was a miss. Uh, Star Stephen Lang as this uh, this kooky old guy living living in the woods. He's a hermit, just living out there in a little cabin. And this uh, this this young man comes to, to comes knocking on his door, and he, he's a uh, he's a guy who is lost in the woods, but he's he's also kind of holding a dark secret, uh. and. Where this goes is, at least to me, very predictable, extremely predictable. I knew exactly where it was going to go from very early on. It's definitely one of those movies that I'm, I've said time and again that I'm just sick of, where it's like, oh, is it all in his head? Is he crazy? Mm. Um, and the thing is, like, this feels like a COVID movie. It's it's basically just these two guys in a in a cabin just chit chatting. And that's pretty much it. And yeah, I didn't like it went exactly where I expected. Uh, nothing was a surprise. It was all pretty, pretty uh, lackluster. I will say that Stephen Lang's performance was quite good. Like it was sort of like his character in don't breathe, but like amped up a bit more. Yeah. So He's great in this. Everyone else, you know, all two two other or three technically other actors or they just they don't have a, a whole lot to work with, but yeah, it's not great. I'm I wasn't too into it. Old Man by Lucky McKee. It's on VOD right now if you're interested. Uh I watched another Neil Jordan movie. Neil Jordan. So I watched The Company of Wolves from nineteen eighty four. Which is, let me see if I get this right. I think he wrote this with Angela Carter. So it's kind of based on an adaptation of uh, Angela Carter's story where she kind of like reworks uh, Little Red Riding Hood. And I got to say, I I didn't know what to think going into this. I was just, this is a, a movie that my wife picked and I was on board. Because I'm like, yeah, Neil Jordan, I've seen two things. Right? I kind of like this premise. And holy shit. This movie is so fucking good. It's so fucking good. I've never saw this, but I always remember seeing that that poster. It, the poster, it, it makes it look like it's, eh, it's going to be rough, right? Like that transition. Because the dude's transitioning into a werewolf, right? And it doesn't look good in poster form. But, I mean, it's, it's coming out of his mouth. I mean, it looks kind of yeah. creepy. Yeah, no, the, the, the effects work in this movie, phenomenal. So this is, uh, like, Sarah Patterson is the, like the, um, the main character. She plays Rosalind. And 
she's sleeping and she's kind of having this nightmare. And in the nightmare, she goes to this like fantasy world and essentially lives out, you know, little red riding hood. <clears throat> so in the beginning stages of it, there's stuff from her real life, like stuff that's found in her room, but you know, it's like life size. So there's life size toys that come to, to come to life. And her sister ends up getting killed by, by wolves. So, you know, and then she's kind of told that, you know, you need to keep an eye out for the wolves when you go out. Can't be out in the woods at night because the wolves will get you. And man, just the sets alone, the sets of the movie are just top notch. They're fucking phenomenal. Just the entire world building is just incredible. It feels a lot like, uh, what's that movie that everyone likes that I fucking hated with Peter Falk and Savage? Princess Bride? Yeah, it's like that, but a hundred times better. Okay. And it's, All right. I mean, it's not it's not a quote it's not a comedy, but right. I didn't find Princess Bride to be a comedy anyways, so <laughs> still fucking better. But this shit I mean this this fucking thing is good. I I was just completely blown away. So surprised. Had no idea. Alright, well this is getting added to my list too, the company of wolves. By Neil Jordan. Neil Jordan. Cool. Check it out on Tubi. Tubi. Fuck, fucking Tubi. Taking over. Tubi taking over. Who, who the fuck knew that, you know, out of all the streaming services that exist out there and the ones that I have, the one that's going to, like, bring me, pull me back into cinema is going to be Tubi. It's, it's because Tubi has so many obscure, like, random titles. It sure do. Like, but then you watch them and you're like, why isn't this bigger? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. They got, Tubi has some great stuff. It's just strange. It's just a whole strange chronicle that's happening here with Tubi. Let's take a look at what we have in theaters this week. Black Adam is the biggie. Uh, are you interested in this? No. No, me neither. I just, I don't know. I've I've been so kind of bored with the superhero stuff as of late so that one does not tickle my fancy on VOD this week uh, let's see on the 18th we have Forget Me Not Inclusion in the Classroom that's a documentary we got Beyond the Neon that's a like a, like a, some, some kind of mockumentary with mm. Joey Salads who Joey Salads. Now I don't know if you know who Joey Salads is, but back in the old prankster days of YouTube, back when prank channels dominated YouTube, Joey Salads was one of the pranksters. He's one of the OG pranksters. Oh, not Joey Salads. Mm-hmm. And uh looks like he has a movie coming out. It looks pretty horrible. So uh oh. yeah. I'm sure it's gonna be very tone deaf. From the looks of it, the we also have the bookkeepers. That's a documentary. Also, the Good House. We got Mama's Boy. That's going to be on HBO Max. That's a documentary about Dustin Lance Black. Okay, I might check that out. I like him. Uh, let's see. We also have Bitcoin. You get it instead of Bitcoin. Yeah, because it's a yeah. It's, a, it's mm-hmm. Bitcoin. There you go. So, yeah. There you have it. On nineteenth, on the 19th, we have The School for Good and Evil on Netflix. 
On the 20th, we have VHS 99 on Shudder. Pretty excited for this one. I feel like the last VHS was like a major return to form for that franchise. And I think the VHS 94 was the best one of of them all. So I'm, I'm pretty excited for VHS 99. Yeah, I didn't know they were still doing this. Yeah, they brought it back. I mean, after the third one, there was a quite a long break in there. And then I think it was like maybe two years ago that 94 came out. And they're they're doing another one. There's the next one is like eighty six or something, VHS eighty six or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, I'll be checking out ninety nine. Good good Halloween movie. Uh, on the twenty first, we have Twentieth Century Girl. That's going to be on Netflix. We have Descendant also on Netflix. That's a documentary. We have Slashback, which uh, is a kind of a. F- fun horror movie. I would definitely recommend that one. Uh, we have Sinfony, which is spelled S-I-N. Oh, no. A clubhouse horror anthology. Now, this film was derived from stories told over the social media app Clubhouse. So, there you have that. Okay. All right. Also, in the 21st, we have Dangerous Game The Legacy Murders with John Voigt and Jonathan oh. Reese Myers. Huh, boy. <laughs> you know, that's going on my watch list because I love John Voigt, especially his politics. Oh, man. That guy's got. This guy's got mush brains. <laughs> yeah. Got old mush brains. <laughs> He's got the classic, the Clint Eastwood brain. Uh, we have the Pez Outlaw. That's a documentary. Uh, let's see. Slayers. And it looks like that's about it. All right. Yeah. I might check out Slayers. That's like a, I think that's like a horror comedy about vampire hunters with Thomas Jane. I might give it a look. On Blu-ray this week, we have The Return of the Living Dead from 1985. I feel like, okay, this is a 4K collector's edition. Uh, If you haven't seen that yet, very high recommend. For me, it's one of my favorite zombie movies. Got Tropic Thunder from from 2008 coming out in 4K. Uh, Bullet Train is coming out in 4K. No Escape from 1994. That's the sci-fi one with Ray Liotta. Uh, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies is coming out. Trancers from 1984. Trancers. Mm-hmm. Uh, coincidentally, American Movie is getting a new Blu-ray release. Oh man. Yeah, this is right on the heels of the unfortunate passing of uh, Mike Shank. Uh, Orphan First Kill. Uh, Arrow is putting out a four-movie pack that's called Gothic Fantastico. Four Italian oh. Tales of Terror. Oh, shit. Yeah, these are like the, you know, the gothic horror yeah. tales. These these are the ones that were the big thing before Giallo took over. Oh, boy. Like what? Do you know what? Uh... Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I do. Uh, Lady Morgan's Vengeance, the Blanche yeah. 
the Blancheville Monster, the Third Eye, and the Witch. Okay. And it looks like another one of those film noir bundles is coming out. Fall, which is uh, the one that came out earlier this year about the the two friends that get stuck yeah, on the nice. tower. Nice. I enjoyed, that was pretty good. I liked it. I mean, you know, it's my it's my kind of jam <laughs> that movie. Yeah, yeah. No, if you're if you're in the mood for that, because it, there's times where you just you get a you get an itch for that. Mm-hmm. It's very specific type of film. Yeah, and I'm glad yep. that they exist. Same. I, I I don't want them all the time. You know, that would be too. It would be too much. It would get it's annoying. Yeah. But the, the they don't make a lot of them every year there's yeah. usually like one or two a year you know and and I, that's perfect for me uh et's coming out on that on a new 4k edition it's the 40th anniversary edition what i don't know is if they kept in those horrible cg edits that they oh, made yeah. back in the i guess that was in the 2000s when they did that hmm. special edition and and they like edited out the the guns with walkie talkies and they added some animations on ET. I, I didn't like that. Uh, two witches from 2021. Uh, that's going to be out on arrow. Two witches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two of them. Yeah. That's, that's uh way worse than just one. It's, witch. it's bad enough when you have one, witch. Mm-hmm. now you got two happy birthday to me from 1981. The Innocence uh, from earlier this year. We reviewed that a couple weeks ago. Uh, Becky from 2020. That was okay, if I remember correctly. Um, Werewolf. The Werewolf of Washington from 1973. Hold up. Werewolf of Washington. Milton Moses Ginsburg. Ginsburg. Yeah. Makes it perfectly clear. That's the tagline. Just makes it perfectly clear. <laughs> what what is clear? Makes it 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 of course. Dean Stockwell. Okay, all right. Oh, it's the White House press secretary turns into a, a werewolf. Oh, oh man, God! I might... And it becomes a threat to the president. Oh boy! Shit! All right. Uh, we also have the Purple Rose of Cairo from 1985. Radio Days from 1987, Flux Gourmet from earlier this year, Broadway Danny Rose from 1984, and Moonchild from 1994. Yeah. Yeah. I have to uh, have to keep an eye on that one. Add that to my list. Looks ridiculous. What about Criterion's this week? Well, before I go into the Criterion, I just want to point out the Werewolf of Washington. If you go to the Letterbox page, poster immaculate. Perfect poster. Also available on Tubi. Nice. So uh, now that we got that all cleared up, you got two criterions. You got uh, La Llorona coming out from 2019, and then you have the the Immaculate uh, Kurosawa's Cure from 1997. Oh, boy. And if you haven't seen that yet, this is the perfect time to see it. Oh, yeah. That's such a great movie. Just the atmosphere alone. Hell yeah. Love that movie. All right, cool. Uh, I think that's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can send us your questions and topics to podcastfilmpulse.net. You can follow us on Twitter at filmpulse.net and at filmpulsekevin. And if you have a minute, consider reviewing us on 
iTunes. That'd be great for Kevin Rakestraw. My name's Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week. <laughs>